Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. So, just this past week, uh, we ordered sushi for dinner for the whole family, and, you know, 40 minutes passes by, and, you know, my, you know, my sons, especially our little one, Josh, bugs me, Dad, is the food here yet? And he opens the door, looks for a car that's passing, for the driver. I'm like, don't worry, Josh. They'll be here in a sec. They're usually about 45 minutes, 50 minutes. You just need to wait a little bit. Hour passes by. Nothing. I'm just like, you know, they're, they're probably really busy today, Josh. You know, my family likes to make me a monster when it comes to food because I have hanger issues. I, I do have hanger issues because it, when I was a child, it's a long story for another time. You know, but um, I was pretty patient, I think. Maybe that's just my inventory of myself. But, you know, hour passed by. Hour 30 passes by. And now I'm livid. I was patient until an hour five. <laughs> and my family's, you know, they know what's going to happen soon. And I call the Japanese restaurant. And I'm like, what's going on, guys? You know? It's been an hour and a half. And the lady says, we, we didn't get your order. What are you talking about? So I check my email again. And I go, no, order number. And I give it to them. And they go, oh, my goodness. We're so sorry. We completely missed the order. It fell. I'm like, I'm like what? And now I'm hangry because two hours has passed by and they even didn't get the order. And I'm on the phone and, you know, I will, I'll, I'll spare you the details for some of you that are getting to know me. These are my, you know, not my fine moments, but the anger and the frustration has gotten to the point where <laughs> it's gotten a little crazy. Because my sons know that I'm like a fuse when... The restaurant messes up my order for two hours and I have hunger wounds. And so my physical body somatically can't really handle it. <laughs> they know that I'm going to blow up. So that's why my, my son acts that way. They're very tentative and <clears throat> might be the only time where they're really attentive to, to my needs at the house. Sometimes Josh brings me, you know, a, a protein bar. Like my son made me a peanut butter jealous because they, they understand culture versus what should happen, right? As a minister, which the restaurant didn't know, thank God I didn't tell them, I, I should represent better, but culture, assessing what culture is, is how things really are. So my sons know that I can be patient, which I am in other circumstances, but here, it isn't that way. So, 
the culture is how things are, and the vision is a picture of how we want things really to be. <clears throat> and there's a gap. And today, <clears throat> what I want to talk about for the next two weeks, and I'm going to break this up in two parts because there's going to be four things we need to look at. The previous week, we talked about uh, what can we what we can do uh, to pursue holiness so that it, it doesn't become a cliche but tenable. I want to talk about the larger part of that as a community, not just personal holiness, but a community holiness and mission. And what I want to tackle for the next two weeks is how do we, how do we, as a community, create a culture where becoming more like Jesus is not a cliche, but actually palpable. But actually felt in our midst. Because there are four things if you want to reassess culture, right? That you have to do. I want to make an inventory about church through the lens of Acts 11. Of our missional culture. Our a metric for holiness. And how directionally we're following God. How do we become a community where we're excited and in our small groups and in our uh, conversations in the diner and the cafe in our communal life that there's there's a palpability of the spirit working uh, for us to actually pursue to become more like Christ to pursue holiness wholeheartedness to God to love God to love others fully now that's a beautiful picture but if we want to do that we have to look at four things we have to look at culture Vision, values, and also strategy, the application of that vision. And today I want to talk about culture and vision. And how we as a community can create a culture where becoming like Jesus is actually tenable and palpable rather than just a cliche. So let's go to the text. And I'll be back with you in a second right now. Hi, everyone. So today I'm going to be reading Acts uh, chapter 11, verses 1 to 18. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also have received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheep being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and then was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea 
stopped at the house where I was staying. The spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear to us, I mean, appear in his house and say, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He, is, he will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord has said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God saying, so then even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. And that is the word of the Lord. So in the beginning, we asked a question, how do we as a community create a culture where becoming more like Jesus isn't just a cliche, but actually palpable. Well, if we want to re really assess culture, if we want to create a culture and have a vision for creating these values, then the first thing we have to begin with is culture itself. We have to examine the culture. And the question about culture directly is what are things really like? Because a lot of times vision is next, but what we want things to be really like versus what things are really are like are very different. They come into collision many times. So we have to examine the culture. So first, let's, let's look at the text in Acts chapter 11, verse 1 to 3 again. Right? The apostles, so this is the 12 apostles of Jesus, minus Judas, and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, I can't believe you went into the house of an uncircumcised man and ate with him. So again, the culture here, very clearly, very clearly, starts with xenophobia and racism. And that's what we talked about when we talk about personal uh, holiness a few weeks before, but here as a community, right? So that's the question then is why are the early church and the apostles, people who've been with Jesus, so mad at Peter? Because the, what, how things really are, are really like, is what? Clearly the early church vision was homogeny when God's vision was diversity. That was the culture. That is what things were really like. So think about, imagine if a Gentile were really seeking God, someone, a seeker tried to enter this Jewish tribalism. You'd be given looks and sneers. And even if they didn't verbalize it, and, Paul, and, and um, Peter does say, who am I to get in God's way? He does say that in this passage. Clearly shows they were not inclusive, but they were exclusive from the very beginning, right? Um, but unlike this specific text, sometimes diversity isn't just about ethnicity. It could be also about positionality, like age, gender, marriage, kids, no kids, families, single life, dating, etc. 
social demographics. So then what, what is 180 really like? What's our culture? To become more like Jesus, to be led more by him, to lead more like him, and to lead more to him. What is our culture becoming? And you know, 180 is honestly one of the very few millennial churches. There's so many young people here under 40 majority wise, growing families, students, young adults, professionals. We're only a few handful of churches in America that's fully funded. That's, that are millennials, led by millennials. So clearly, the wind of God is blowing in 180. But in that growth, as the disciples seen in their growth, and God's wind blowing and in inviting others into their fold, there was some resistance, there, were, there was some tension. They want to keep the gospel to themselves. They want to keep the treasure for themselves. They were cozy, coasting. And that's when the Spirit sent the persecution. That's when the Spirit began to what? Push and convict. Because their culture started what? Departing from the vision. The visio day has to what? Influence the missio day. Because when the, our mission and our we depart from God's vision, the church begins to what? Become obsolete to the external environment, to those people who really need him. In the day in the sun, on the last day in the sun, we had 180 fellowship and students uh, do a fantastic job. And we love our 180 fellowship students at NYU and other students in the city area. And, you know, um, one of the families came to me and said, uh, I believe it was Haley, she said, I was so impressed how they cleaned and, and how they created such a, an effective and presentable environment by sharing, doing the food, the blankets, all of that. So let's give them a hand right now. You guys are awesome. We love you. You know, I was really, um, really struck by Benny. At, he attends NYU. He's really this tall, tall kid. Uh, attends NYU. And, and he came to me, and he's a seeker. I think agnostic, and um, he's investigating faith in one of the fellowship and he came talk to me and he, and he said you know us and our, and our fellowship students we really felt this at Easter and he said to me at Easter we realized we don't know anybody and that tells us that we do have a good problem when 80 is growing when 80 is um, but there are many different social demographics when 80 he goes you know we, we really want to get to know you and, and the other members of this community. And I was struck by that. Seekers, like Benny, wanted to know the people in the community. That tells something about our culture, doesn't it? As we grow, that we're acting, it's not xenophobic or racism, but it could be ageist or just groups and silos could be forming, right? And it's not even intentional. Sometimes culture is set simply by social demographics because human beings naturally have a propensity to their own what? Homogeny, not diversity. That's just the way things are many times. But I was struck by that. And it reminded me the intersectionality that needs to happen in our church as we grow 
Are we going to be open and pay attention to who God is sending us, like Benny? A seeker. That was our dream five years ago, to reach NYU students, Columbia students, students in the city that are seeking Jesus, that don't know him. And they're right in front of us. They're serving in our community. And we have no idea, unless I had that conversation. I'm so glad I did. And it highlighted the disconnect in our community. And some of the things that we have to reassess as the pandemic comes to a close and we gather again how we have to pay attention to how the wind of the spirit is blowing in our community. And here's the question I want to ask us for all of us in different parts of our, in different seasons of our lives, whether you have kids, whether you just got married, you're dating, you're a young adult, professional, or even a student. Could we be in a silo unintentionally implicitly or creating them without even being aware because of how the church is growing and flourishing in many ways. But the move of the Spirit is meant to be diverse, multi-generational. There should be and needs to be intersectionality. That was God's vision, right? God's. That's why the, the voice from heaven what, convicted and corrected the apostles to be what, inclusive and open their house, the house of the Lord, to the Gentiles. And I think we're coming to the place where we have to open our eyes to what God is doing because right now there's a disconnect in our culture. How can we join God, restore the beauty of things if we don't know what he's restoring? If we don't know who he's sending us and because our friends and the sweetness of community can fill the void in our lives I think sometimes if we want to reassess our culture and become people who are really led by Jesus lead more like Jesus and lead more to Jesus you have to check in again because we might be in a silo creating them simply as a result of our demographics we're not led by that we're led by the spirit so that's the first thing. Let's re-examine our culture. Do we pay attention to someone who's new? I know that's very difficult sometimes when we were occupied with kids and our own burdens of our life to greet someone new. But I believe that 180 must become a community of hospitality where we need to open our eyes to what God might be doing in spite of the pandemic. Because God is sending people who are seeking Jesus. And I hope we can in some way add value to them where they are. Amen. And I pray the Spirit to convict you today. In the beginning, we asked a question, how do we create, as a community, how do we create a culture where becoming more like Jesus isn't just a cliche, but actually palpable and tenable? Second thing that we have to do when reframing the culture and allowing the Visio Day to influence the mission, the Missio Day, the mission of God, is we have to examine our vision again. 
So what is vision? Vision is a picture of what we want to see happen. Culture is what things are really like. And I, and I shared uh, a bit about the disconnect of generations in 180. Just demographically, there are silos that are, that are being created simply because of the differences. Where our propensity usually is to homogenate that diversity. But the vision of the Book of Acts and Pentecost is, is reconciliation between all generations, all people in the spirit. So then the, the question is, vision is, what do we really want to see happen in 180 versus the disconnect we feel in the church as we grow as a community of faith, as we grow in numbers, as we grow generally and flourish as a community? Well, we want to see people who are far, close, somewhere in between, turn to Christ, turn to the Lord for the first time, and repeatedly again in different seasons of their lives, surrendering more of themselves to the Lord and discipleship. And for those for the first time to turn to the Lord and surrender their lives to Him as Savior and Lord, right? And that is already happening in our community. But could we be missing the harvest as it's right in front of our eyes? Right in front of us, could we be missing? So I had no idea someone like Benny was seeking the Lord or investigating this community, but we're not even aware of that because of the growth. You know, Easter, who wanted to fellowship, but you guys did a fantastic job. Um, the hospitality team for Easter, I distinctly remember, and I don't want to take this for granted at all, of what's happening in our community. Uh, at Easter, there are so many people who, who've come to hear the gospel for the first time. There are many people that are being drawn to the Lord who are far, close, somewhere in between. And I remember the service, there were people sitting in, in uh, Battery Park, a bench right near the Staten Island Ferry, I, I guess that's what it seems like, and I I was just walking out, and this couple and this other lady in their 50s really surprised me, stopped me and said, Pastor, we just want to thank you so much for holding this amazing service at Battery Park. You know, because of the pandemic, this, this one lady was like, you know, I, I was like, I really want to go to church today, but they're all closed. And she goes, I really heard the gospel today. I just want to thank you so much. And this is someone we didn't even invite. They were sitting at a park bench. And this other couple said, we were so blessed by the service. It was so heartwarming to worship the Lord today. And there was also another woman who visited us strictly through social brought her daughter, came to hear the gospel, and she personally thanked me for being a community of grace, of holding these beautiful services so that people could connect to the Lord. This is what we dreamt of for the last decade, to become, to grow enough, to be sustainable enough to reach people for us. So what do we see of God blowing in 180 right now? <laughs> we see someone like Seekers at NYU Fellowship coming through our club. We see different generations drawn by services like Day in the Sun. 
and our social media presence is growing so that people are being drawn by the Lord to come to an actual event. You know, it reminds me of what Jesus said to his disciples in John 4. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Folks, are we aware? Are we so consumed by our own lives? Just our responsibilities that we've forgotten the transcending vision of the gospel? It's possible, right, to get lost in our own lives, our own issues, our own struggles. And they're valid issues. But if we're not connected to the transcending vision day, the vision of God, we get lost in our own brokenness and distracted by the things that weigh in our lives. And I think that could be happening in our community. One of the things I'm proud of the most about 180 is that we're, like I said many times, we're a handful of millennial churches fully sustained by youth, by our couples, by our families, that live sacrificially, that believe in the Visio Day, believe in the Visio Day. Many of you are been accepted Christ right here, and it's happening again, but I, I don't want us to simply stop at giving, I want us to open our eyes and pay attention to how he is calling us to be involved. And as the pandemic closes, and in the next week message, I'm going to talk about applications and values. But could we be missing the wind of God blowing and all the things that we dreamt about? I think yes. And that's why in the passage, we see the voice of heaven coming down repeatedly, pushing, correcting, rebuking. And pay attention. I'm expanding this community. I believe God and the wind of the Spirit is expanding 180. After Easter service, I experienced one of the greatest blessings of my life. While we're driving home, my oldest son, Kid Cole, Nathan, said, Dad, I just want to share with you, I had such a fantastic experience today. And I was so proud of you, Dad. <laughs> well, my son's proud of me. Because, Dad, I don't know if you know this, but when you were preaching, there were so many other people in the benches. Those people came up to me, remember I mentioned? But others that were so in tune, locked in with what we were doing, what you were saying, preaching the gospel today. And it made me believe that God is up to something so big we can't even conceive it. I was so proud that we can connect a culture like that. And I was <laughs> kind of tickled my heart a bit. It, it, I was overwhelmed by that kind of affirmation from a 14-year-old who is becoming a breaking, breaking out artist at this point. But it just reminded me, and even the Holy Spirit affirmed that, that the wind of God is blowing in with me. Are you seeing it? Are you tasting it? Because Jesus is saying to us, like the disciples in John 4, the harvest is plentiful, guys. What God is going to do is going to be incredible. Are we paying attention? Are you joining here and opening your eyes to the opportunities?
people that he's sending us? Well, it's time to realign the physio day with our missio day. And if subplots and, and distractions of life that weighing us, moving away from it, we need to, what, center again. We need to center again. And I pray the Spirit of God would help you catch the wind of the Spirit and the waves of mercy and the waves of grace because it's happening. Don't miss it. Pay attention. So today, will you lift your hands and pray, Holy Spirit, will you open my eyes to see? Will you open my heart to hear how I can be a part of what you're doing?
you now pray, bow your heads for the benediction. Be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. God bless you. Until next time, can't wait to see you next week. Bye-bye now. My name is Minyoung. I'm a member here at 180 Church, and we're so glad that you were able to attend today's service with us. Um, there are a few community news that I'd like to share with you all. The first announcement is about our tithes and offering. We want to remind all of our members here at 180 Church to keep God in the center of your life, which includes your finances. You guys can do so through the online payment method shown on the screen. You can give through Venmo at Church 180, Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv, or if PayPal is your preferred method of giving, you can head over to our website at 180church.tv where there is a link to donate through PayPal. Our next announcement is about our prayer text hotline at 180 Church, which is available on text at 5397prayer and also via email at prayer at 180church.tv. This is a resource for everybody and especially during this difficult time where we need some prayer and support, there is a prayer team that's ready to help you and to pray for all the requests that you may have. Um, if your prayers have been answered, you can also share them on the text hotline and we can celebrate the good news together. Next up is about small groups at 180 Church. These are smaller pockets of our community that meet on a weekly basis where we can dive a little bit deeper into the word and share how the message from that Sunday uh, spoke to us. We have a few different groups that are all meeting virtually now. And if you're not currently connected with a group, you can reach out to Pastor Billy at the email shown on the screen and he can get you plugged in into a group for you. On the topic of community, we also have a number of different social media handles and channels where you can follow us, like us, and love us during the week. We have a Tumblr page at 180BRG where we post a chapter of the Bible a day so you can read through the Bible with us. We also have a Facebook page at 180 Church. Dr. Sammy, our head pastor here at 180 Church, has a Twitter handle at Dr. Sammy Kim. We also have a YouTube channel at 180 Church NYC, where I'm sure most of you guys are watching us right now. And we also have two different Instagram pages at 180 Church and also at 180 BRG, where there are really encouraging posts and verses that get shared there. So I hope you guys will follow us there and be encouraged. We also have a virtual 180 Cafe on the Discord app where you guys can come hang out at any time in different groups on different channels. And it's an easy way to stay connected with the community and also check in with one another. As you might have seen on our social media channels, we launched a care package delivery service called 180 Cares. And this is a great way to um, show appreciation and love to the people in our lives that, mean, that may need some encouragement. If you'd like to send one of these boxes or just want to learn more, you can go check out our website at 180church.tv slash 180cares. And lastly, if you've been blessed by our Sunday worship led by Pastor Lydia, you can visit the 180 Church Studios on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Here you'll find a playlist of all the worship songs we've featured every Sunday, and it's perfect for when you want to immerse yourself in worship during the week. That's all of our community news. Once again, we want to thank everyone for joining us this Sunday, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye.